Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. This is officially our first Saturday show recording together since baby Roman was born. Yes, it is, which means he's here and it's Saturday, so I'm here as well. He is here. He is. We are literally like, do we record now? Do we not record now? He is like asleep, but fussy and we're just going to try. We're going to give it a shot. We are going to give it a shot. We've got a bunch of questions. We do. Some of them look fun. Do you want to start with the the would you rathers? Sure. All right. Would you rather have a pause button on life or a rewind button on life? A rewind button. Yeah. What would you do with the rewind button? Well, a rewind button allows you to change things. Pause button just lets you sit in a moment. Yeah, with the rewind button, you can always go back and relive the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I would rather I have a rewind more, more I don't think anybody would button. choose to rather have a pause button than a rewind button. You never know. All right. Would you rather lose 20 pounds or grow three inches taller if the result is permanent? It's not like you lose 20 pounds and then you put it back on or you gain three inches in height and then you go back. Like, it's it's forever. So you, how tall are you? Six feet? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be 6'3", or would you rather lose 20 pounds and well, keep it off for life? Well, I feel like it, my weight being 6'3", would be fine. I wouldn't need to lose the 20 pounds. It would look like I had lost 20 pounds. 6'3", 250? <laughs> Thank you. It would honestly look like Sign me up. you had lost 20 pounds if you were 3 inches taller, don't right? you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I would rather be 3 inches taller. I'm 5'5", five five, so I'd be yeah, You'd be able eight. to start riding roller coasters, so that'd be good. I'd be five eight. Like <laughs> I'd totally be okay with that. I would rather, I would rather grow three inches for sure. Okay, I feel like this is one that your daughter Tana would send to us something like this. Oh God, she would. <laughs> I didn't get it from her though. Would you rather be able to only talk in rhyme? Like if you opened your mouth, it had to be a rhyme, or you only could give one word answers. You could never say more than one word at a time. One word answers. Yeah, that's kind of how you live most of the time anyway. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. If rhyming came easily, it would be that. But otherwise, I think I would just get stuck on the rhyme. Well, the rhyming one, all I can think is everyone would sound like Edrigan. Who's that? Edrigan is from DC Comics. He is a man that is possessed by a demon, and literally all he does is rhyme. And that's the demon effect? Yeah, the demon rhyme, talks in rhyme. The, the, the human host doesn't. But when Edrigan is around, he talks and rhyme. I see. I see. All right. Last one, and then we'll get to our listener questions because these are just random. Would you rather, in terms of, like, our, our children, uh, have one boy and five girls or six boys? Yes. Come on. Pick one. I sure one. would. 
I, I, I sure would rather Play have along. one boy and five girls or six boys. Pick one. I, I don't have to pick one. It's for the f- sake of the game. I understand that. We played this game yesterday, and mm-hmm. I get to pick both. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't really care either. Yeah. I See, you can't get mad at me for not caring. No, no. No, but I still want you to. I'll still pick one. I would rather have one boy and five girls than six boys. Oh, God, no. See, then you do have a preference, you weirdo. Well, no, but I also wouldn't want six boys. I mean, granted, that would make yard work easier. (laughs) But not not that five girls can't help with yard work. You know what? We totally skipped over, and this is 100% my fault. What the prize is today. Yeah, so let's do two next week. Sorry, guys. No, we'll tell you what the prize is. I don't have a winner. I didn't pick a winner. Oh, but Chris's choice? Of the prize. We'll do two next week. <laughs> we'll do two giveaways next week. I'm going to officially chalk that up to mom brain. Oh, man. Okay, because my choice is going to be like dirty socks. <laughs> I know. I was giving you two choices to choose between. Oh. I was going to say change maker's journal or edge. We'll do two giveaways next week. We'll have two winners next week. Goat fertilizer. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, y'all. All right. Let's do listener questions. Hit me with them. Okay. What are your thoughts on the health at every size movement? The health mm. at every size. Okay, so here are <laughs> here are my thoughts on health at every size. So for those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, I think if you ask ten people, they would all represent it differently. So my my representation of this health at every size movement is certainly not the only representation, but there's a lot of this like body positivity, and there are a lot of folks out there saying like, if you're 400 pounds, you can be healthy by not not and not lose weight right but that's that's not that's not the exclusive representation of it it's basically saying that you can be healthy at any weight let's put it that way and you know whatever here are my thoughts on that weight is only one component of health but it is a component of health so i think that it is a mistake to suggest that weight is not a factor, it absolutely is. And it's not just overweight, it's also underweight. Absolutely. You can be underweight in a way that even if you are very active, even if you eat very healthy, even if you have, you know, great blood pressure, you could be at risk and shortening your lifespan if you are severely underweight, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is true of overweight. Now, with that said, does weight need to be the starting point for everybody? No, No, absolutely not. Like if somebody is 300, 400, 500 pounds and they want to start not by focusing on weight, but they want to start by lifting weights and putting on muscle, that's going to make them healthier Mm -hmm. for sure. If they want to start by focusing on getting more sleep or improving their microbiome, that's awesome. That is a starting point. But I do think that weight is a component of health that shouldn't be ignored. It shouldn't be ignored. It shouldn't be ignored. And I think you can take the latest pandemic to show that health at every size isn't isn't that. I mean, 78% of the people that passed and the people that were hospitalized were obese. Yeah. That was like the number one comorbidity. Yeah. For people that were having drastic effects from COVID. Yeah, I, I think it would be a mistake to say that you can be optimally healthy at any weight. I think that's a mistake. 
I really do. But again, that doesn't mean that there aren't other places that right. you can start, that you can focus, that you can begin. And it also needs to consider the fact that you can be, quote, a healthy weight and, and not be, be unhealthy. healthy. Yeah, be yeah for sure. Absolutely. You can be somebody who is in that, say, you know, that coveted size six, size eight or whatever, and you're a smoker. And yeah. you, you know, have uncontrolled diabetes. That's right. not healthy. You're right. right. But but weight is a component. Absolutely. It's absolutely a component. And you can hear, I'm sure there's going to be somebody that's going to be annoyed by this. Remember when we first got Rumi and somebody was so pissed off that yeah. they could hear Rumi? I think that was on a webinar, but still. If, if you feel like emailing in about it, just don't. don't. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Hold, hold, hold on to that thought. Write that it on a piece of paper. Put it in a bottle and shove it right up your, <laughs> your dog's <laughs> special place. Oh, my God. You really don't want to hear that. Yes, that was aggressive. You could have just left that. that. Well, I'm hoping that dissuades them from doing it. Anyway, what's the next, next question? Next question. I'm wondering about breastfeeding. Does it affect your hormones? Yes. <laughs> Having a baby affects your hormones. Well, sure, but not everybody that has a baby breastfeeds. So this question is about breastfeeding. So, you know, there are a lot of people that don't that don't breastfeed. True, but So, I, mean, I will say this. I am not an expert in breastfeeding. I'm just a woman who is breastfeeding, but I am like far from an expert on it. But to Chris's point, postpartum affects your hormones and breastfeeding is part of that. Um, for example, estrogen tends to be a little bit lower postpartum and it stays lower for longer in women who are breastfeeding. So there's an estrogen effect there. There's also oxytocin, there's prolactin. Those hormones are involved in breastfeeding. Uh, that's why a lot of folks will say that there's like a a bonding that happens more quickly with women who breastfeed than women who don't. And that's not anything related to, you know, breast milk being better than formula. I mean, I really, really believe that fed is best, not breast is best. Like your baby being fed and healthy is best. But um, that's actually because of the oxytocin effect. That is like a feel-good chemical that gets released when your milk comes in and is let down. So basically every time that you nurse. And uh, so, yeah, there are lots of hormonal factors that go along with breastfeeding, but I'm honestly not the best person to ask about that because I don't believe in like Googling something and then presenting yourself as an expert. And so I'm not going to do that. And I am not a breastfeeding expert. I'm yeah. just a woman who breastfeeds. And, and just so we cover all angles of this, if in case we misunderstood your question, Roman seems to like it. What? Breastfeeding. Being the fed. Because breastfeeding, I mean, you can be the one breastfeeding or you can be the one being breastfed. So we don't know what side they're asking this question on, really. So I wanted to make sure we... I don't, are you trying to make a joke? Did I miss it? Oh, she's got pregnancy brain, folks. <laughs> she's got mom brain. No, this question is, does breastfeeding affect your hormones? She's just asking about breastfeeding. She doesn't say, if I am breastfeeding, does it affect my hormones? She could be, or he could be talking about someone that's in taking the milk from the breast disease. Okay, anyway, let's move along, guys. I don't know what's happening with this episode. I just <laughs> took a turn. <laughs> Can I'm you just, just ask the next question? I'm lost. I'm just, I'm just saying, Roman <laughs> seems to enjoy it. Okay. Can we have an update on the goat gate? <laughs> are they contained? The goats? Yes, the goats are contained. Chris took his week off after baby was born to build a new goat pen. First of all, the goat pen was done over the weekend. Still. It was the other stuff. 
that was throughout the week. Yeah, he took a week off to be with <sighs> us and was outside in the yard the whole time. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I can do <laughs> when every half hour mom's topless and the baby's <laughs> eaten. Yeah, there's a lot of diapers you can change. And I did. You did. You did. Yes, there and is I a new do. goat. There is a new goat pen. <laughs> and I did put up I put the gates up and I will say I I thought the gates were okay. I had one a little bit too high. Yeah, the goats and got under them. Two of the goats said, "Okay, we can get under this bad boy." <laughs> yeah. And when I saw them, I said, I know what happened. <laughs> and I went out and I lowered it, and we've not had a problem since. Yeah, the goats are good. You guys can follow me on Instagram if you have no idea what we're talking about, because that's where I share pictures of our four goats. Oh, somebody asked really, really quickly, um, what are the names of all of our animals? Uh, Oliver, we have Rumi the dog. Mm-hmm. We have Oliver the goat, Ricky the goat, Elsa the goat, and Graham the goat. And most of our chickens don't have names. And our chickens, we have um, Betty, we have Marge, we have Harriet. We have Weenut. We have Weenut, who's a rooster. We have um, Red. We have Ginger. We have Marianne. Now you're making things up because we only... No, these are ones I had come up with a while ago. Oh, and you just didn't tell me? The two lighter red ones are Ginger and Marianne. Okay. Um... The white ones are the only ones I don't really have names for. Okay, because they all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not all, we have 13 chickens, and they don't all have names. All right. What's the next question? Um, I feel so bad that I kind of forgot about the prize thing, but we'll do two new next yeah, week. We'll I make mean, up for it. When you have been in the same place in the past that you are in now, and you lost something then, how do you live life in the moment and not become overcome with fear? I feel like somebody... Like, I could have written this question. I feel like you did write this question. I I actually had to read it three times. It came in via Instagram stories. And I was honestly like, I wonder if they know how I've been thinking the last, like, month. And they asked because of this. Okay, so for those of you that are kind of like, I don't understand the question, you've been in a similar place in the past than you as you are now. And when you were there before, you lost something. How do you not live in fear? And when I read this, the first thing I thought of was being in the hospital in labor with... Roman and even the first couple weeks home with him Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, our daughter died last year and I was worried that like that would happen again. Mm -hmm. Right. But the thing I want to point out is you're not in the same place that you were before. Right. And that's the thing that helps me so much. It's critical to say this is similar, but it's not the same. Right. So, Yes, I was home with a newborn before and it was traumatic and she died and it was devastating and all of these kinds of things. But, and I'm home with a newborn now, it's not the same. It's not. You do worry. You but I wouldn't say do. you're overcome with fear. No, and I think that that's the, the big piece of the fear is, is realizing some of this is constructive. Mm-hmm. Some of this is useful because we ask questions now that we probably wouldn't have asked if we didn't have our, our previous situation. Um, we are t- more tuned in, I think, than we would have been if we hadn't gone through what we went through with Dagny. Mm-hmm. So there is a degree to which you can use your fear to show up and behave more intelligently. Even if it's like, oh, the last time I made this road trip, I was in a really bad car accident. Now I'm in the same place making the same road trip. Mm -hmm. How do I not be afraid? Well, that fear can be instructive and can be helpful if, if you decide that you are going to be 
more cautious or that you're going to drive more slowly or that you're going to pull over if it starts raining really heavily. There are things that we can do like, you know, a couple of concerns that I've had with Roman, you were like, let's just call a doctor and ask. Let's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. As opposed to being like, oh my gosh, what if this, what if that? Okay. Hey, let's get expert opinion. That's the thing that we can do. But in terms of being overcome, I honestly think, and I'm not a counselor or therapist, and I certainly won't play one on a podcast, realize that it's not the same place. If you tell yourself, oh my gosh, this is exactly the same, you're going to believe it's exactly the same. It's never exactly the same. You're different. The time is different. And that really matters. So my number one piece of advice is never tell yourself it's the same because it's not. My, you know, being home with a newborn baby boy is not the same thing as being home with Dagny, but I could convince myself that it is the same and that would make me crazy. Right. Now, unfortunately, we have so many things that are different mm-hmm. through this one that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's reassuring, I Except think. Except the fact that they look like twins. I mean, yeah, they're siblings. Yeah, but they look like twins. All babies look like twins. False. Next question. <laughs> oh, a chuckle. That's always good. None of my business. Not sure if it's rude to ask, what happened to Dagny? You're right. Next question. (laughs) No. All right. Let's Um, wait. Well, the first thing I want to say about this is I think that if you have to word a question like that, go with the first part of the question. Yeah. Like if you think not sure if it's rude to ask, you probably shouldn't ask. And look, I'm not saying don't ask us about Dagny. Because right. I, I, mean, I do. You talk about it at length in many I, podcasts. I do. I, done, I did episodes. a birth story episode. Right. I, we did a story together after she died. We've talked about it with regards to the foundation. I've talked about it a ton throughout this pregnancy with Roman. So I don't want anybody to hear me saying don't ask about Dagny. But I, but I just not. think as like a general rule of thumb, if you say, not sure if this is rude, and then you go ahead and do it, it's kind of like saying, not sure if this is going to offend you, and then you go ahead and but say But you're it. ugly. <laughs> no, like, I think that that's sort of one of those things that should be a pause. Yeah. The other thing I think about this is it's so much in the way you ask it. Right. I mean, this person could could not have heard any of the other episodes and was like, Oh, well, absolutely. Or they could be asking for details. Absolutely. And but I also think that starting with like, hey, it's none of my business. What happened to Dagny <laughs> is very, very different than yeah. saying like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I just learned that you guys lost a child last year. Are you comfortable sharing the details? That is a way better way to ask than literally verbatim, none of my business, not sure if it's rude to ask, what happened to Dagny? And I, I, I feel like this person is actually looking for detail and not just, oh, what happened? But like, I think that's why. Yeah. This- so let's 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 go there. Like, we have not ever talked in detail about the results of her autopsy, and at this point, we're not going to. Right. Yeah. It's um, that simple. Like, thank you for asking. Uh, no, but this, to, no, to the, but we do share more than that. Um, we had a healthy pregnancy. We had a you know uneventful stay in the hospital after she was born. She was more than full term. We were sent home with like clear bills of health, both myself and baby. And you can hear all of this in the podcast that we did after she died. We brought her home. We had her home until she was 12 days old. Everything to us seemed normal at the time. I mean, she was a newborn, so she struggled with breastfeeding and she slept a lot. And uh, 
when she was 12 days old, she seemed to not be interested in nursing. And we had a scheduled pediatrician appointment that day. So we were like, okay, we'll just ask a pediatrician. He was unconcerned. On our drive home, he said, you know what? Pump a little bit. See if she takes it. If she doesn't, take her to a pediatric ER because she might be dehydrated. She took almost the full amount, but not all of it. And we still went to the pediatric ER. Yeah, we still went. And they were unconcerned. Yeah, they were like, oh, she's dehydrated. No big deal. We'll they give said, her some fluids. You'll be home in hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. Let us let me tell you, we were not home in hours. It uh, went downhill pretty quick the next morning. Is that late or during, throughout the night? Throughout the night, she basically was in total organ failure, though we didn't know that at the time. Yep. And um, we were rushed to Boston Children's Hospital. And she went into emergency surgery. And it was a matter of hours. Yeah, I think that's enough. Yeah, and and I think in terms of, like, how did she die, you know, she was exposed to something, and she became very sick, and she was asymptomatic, and... um, It was not COVID. No, no. I mean, that's a fair question, because it was at the very beginning of the pandemic. Right. We get that question a lot. Um, But, yeah, you know... We didn't see it coming. It happened very, very quickly. The doctors, the didn't, doctors see didn't see it coming. Not, you know, at every single stage, the doctors felt like she had no signs that anything was wrong. So um, we did do an autopsy, but it's just, we haven't even talked about that, like with our families. Yeah. Um, it's something that we just, for for now, and, you know, we, we might change how we feel about it at some point in the future. For now, it's just between Chris and I, and um, we're just going to leave it that way. Yep. And for asking the question, we will accept your donation to the Dagny Foundation. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, That's actually, no, I'm really glad you brought up the Dagny Foundation. So um, because the 5K. Yeah, it's come up. So we started a foundation, uh, the Dagny Foundation, to support other families who are navigating infant crisis or infant loss um, because... We feel like it's basically the worst thing in the world. It is. And, I mean, we had, there was the, the strangest confluence of events when, when yep. it happened. So we weren't able to get the famili- familial support or, yep. you know, we, so is we don't want other people to feel like they have all the burdens on themselves. Yeah. And we want to support in any way that we can. And so we are having our first ever 5K and it is a virtual and live event. It is June 12th and it's, you know, a 5K walk run. So you can yeah. register or you can just straight up donate. Thank you in advance. You, do that, um, you will get a T-shirt either way if you register. If you register. That's right. But um, you can walk at home. Yep. You can walk with us on Cape Cod June 12th. Um, you can walk if you live in East Timbuktu. It really doesn't matter. And when you register for the 5K, we will send you a Dagny Foundation T-shirt and for anybody who just feels really compelled to um, support families or yeah. just donate, you know, you're looking for something to support with your charitable giving, I would really encourage you to go to thedagnyfoundation.org. The Dagny, that's D-A-G-N-Y, thedagnyfoundation.org, and you can register there. Do so ASAP, though, because I want to make sure you get your T-shirt before the 12th. Right. Yeah. And I think we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we can do that. The yeah. DagnyFoundation.org, June 12th. Okay, two more questions. Two more questions. Do you have any tips on handling a moody spouse? Well, let me tell you, folks, I do. <laughs> Once in a while, ice cream and tequila 
or wine. <laughs> I kind of chuckled when I saw this. Um, but no, really. I I mean, I think I'm the more moody person between the two of us. 100%. I, but you know what? Well, you don't got to agree with me. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, my first thought when I saw this was, though, that, my number, that one, <laughs> my number one tip was own that you're moody, too. Yeah. Right? Like, even though, like, Chris is a little more mercurial than I am. Um, that means I'm fast. <laughs> no. That's not what it means like at he's, all. He's a lot like my stepdad. Uh, in that regard so I sort of it sort of feels familiar to me in some ways but um owning the fact that you are too as opposed to like pointing the figure finger only at the other person even though yours might show up differently different in intensity different in degree different in frequency own the fact that if you're human we just have mood fluctuations so so making it very like everybody is like this and instead of pointing the finger or deciding that because somebody's degree is greater than yours, that like they're the guilty party. And then the other thing I would say is don't think about it in terms of handling them, right? Like how do I manage them? How do I handle them? I think that's a slippery slope as a married couple or, you know, any, any kind of couple, I think it's more helpful to think about it as how do I learn my partner? Like there are some things with Chris that I'm just not going to bring up in certain moments, you know, like I know when he's in the mood to have a conversation and when he's not and trying to force it when he's not is probably just going to frustrate us both and not end very well. Back so, to the one word answers. So <laughs> question the, earlier. or just attitude, <laughs> right? Unnecessary attitude. So I would say, instead of thinking like, how do I handle this person? How do I learn to work with the way that they work? How do we work with each other? Like Chris can probably tell when I'm just like frazzled and at the end of my rope. And in those moments, a small request is probably going to get a different response than in a moment where I don't seem like I'm at the end of my rope. And similarly, if he comes home and he's just like in a funk, that's not the time for me to you know, be griping about the fence in the pool not being done or, or whatever else. So, oh, so you know that, but yet you do it anyway. <laughs> she what, does not. Do what I anyway. would say is really shift your perspective from how do I handle this person and their issue to how do I flow more? Knowing what I know about them, how can I be more... Uh, more I want to use the word intelligent, but it's not to suggest that like it's unintelligent to do it another way, but like more informed in the way I interact because part of a good relationship is knowing each other and acting accordingly, like learning how people respond and when, and then using that information to inform your decisions. As as the moody person, the more moody person, I think it is important to not take it personally. Because mm. it's most likely not your, your, you're, you're not the reason the person is moody or in in whatever funk they're in, and sometimes just letting them, just give them some space. Yeah, let them let them do their thing. Let her do their thing. You know, just don't take it personal. It's not a you thing. It's a them thing. All right, we both have to answer the second question, but can I go first? Sure. What has Baby Roman taught you about yourselves? Nothing yet. He's three weeks old. <laughs> he can't even talk, <laughs> folks. No. no, I mean, like, not even. Look, I'm sure there are some parents out there who have learned profound lessons about life from their newborn when they're three weeks old. I am not that person. At this point, like, I'm no, I, I'm, I'm not. 
totally tuned out to to the introspective aspect of like having a new baby right I I'm not I'm not numb to that and there are some things like that I appreciate because we lost Dagny that I you know that I appreciate about him but like he's three weeks old like have I noticed some big thing about myself no other than the fact that I I operate on minimal sleep yeah I'm capable (laughs) of operating on far less sleep than I thought I could um and then I can get more done in less time than I thought I could because if he's quiet for 25 minutes, I can get done what might have taken me three hours well, before well, I he was born. I hope you use that going forward when he's less less needy. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like honestly, I wish that I had some profound, beautiful yeah, answer yeah. here. But he's three weeks old, so we're just like we're just getting through the calculus. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Who's asking? Who do you work for? <laughs> <laughs> no. What has he taught you about yourself? Anything? Uh, no. No. And he's a handsome, he's a good looking kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we make beautiful babes. That's yeah, what we've learned. That's that's what we learned. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> now I think I think we should open up your Instagram real quick mm-hmm. and just pick a name. Well, but that's not how it works. Well it's got well, yeah, because you pick a name off of It could be Instagram or it could be Well, we're gonna take one off of Instagram right now. Okay. Okay. Is that what we're doing? Yep, that's Katie what I'm doing. Carol we're, coaching. We are, Picking a winner right now. I just told right you Katie Carroll Coaching. At Katie Carroll Coaching. You are our winner this week, and you have won goat fertilizer. No. <laughs> yeah, you, have you, won, you have won a change maker's journal because we are not give giving away Edge. Away <laughs> I edge. knew you weren't going to give away Edge. Guys, buy your soon. own Edge. <laughs> buy your own Edge. But, yes, <laughs> congratulations, Katie Carroll Coaching. Email Christopher at primalpotential.com and we will mail you your Changemakers journal. And now we're only giving away one thing next week. There you go. Boom. Thank you, everyone, for jumping in. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) People are like, no prize. Next week. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't hear you tell them to take a bottle and shove it up their dog's butt. So that's good. We'll see. We're going to get crap about that. You let them. All hate mail can come to Christopher at primalpotential.com. I'll give it to you real. (laughs) (laughs) God. Be with anybody who sends that email. All right, Uh, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.